Hey, welcome to the Black Knight Nation podcast. I'm your host, Sal Antutonato. The Black Knight Nation podcast is sponsored by Higher Echelon. Higher Echelon is a company run by Joe Ross. He's a former Army fullback. He's a former Army assistant coach, Army officer. He's been a guest on the Black Knight Nation podcast. And if you go on our YouTube uh, channel, Black Knight Nation, and subscribe, you'll find plenty of interviews with former Army players like Joe Ross. Um, and you'll find some even uh, – I did an interview with Isaiah Morris last week heading into the Army-Navy game. You can check that out. And we also have a, um, a press conference with Isaiah Alston on that um, on, on our YouTube channel. The catch that he made against uh, UMass was one for the ages. Steve, I mean, I don't know if you caught that, but that was all, all over ESPN. And, uh, man – Maybe he'll make a couple of those against Navy on Saturday. We'll see what happens. Yeah, uh, as you might remember, Sal, my older brother played for UMass football, and my younger brother played for UMass lacrosse. Um, they both just ended up going there, lived in the same house. So, of course, I had, you know, the family bragging rights when I just I just, I just, just texted 44-7. That was it. You know what I mean? <laughs> that's, a, that's a can of whoop-ass, no doubt. That's a can Yeah, of so they um, – um, they saw the, the you know they watch we they watched the game and everything and um, they they saw the catch on ESPN so they were they were just like you guys were way way better than we were on Saturday. That's our that's our recap, Steve. Our recap with you on the UMass game. We'll, we'll get to our guest here, uh, Clay Daniels. Clay, thanks so much for joining us tonight. We really appreciate it. Hey, thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, um, kind of how we get to start these podcasts it's kind of get to know your West Point journey and how, how it all started for you, how you were recruited and, uh, you know, were you interested in army or was the first time you heard about army was when you heard from a recruiting coach, how they go for you? Yeah. So I was your, uh, your, your typical high school defensive back and wide receiver and, uh, here from, from Kansas city area and, uh, didn't know anything about West Point. And I, there's a guy named Bill Sheridan. I don't know if you, you know Bill Sheridan. Um, in fact, he's one of my favorite coaches of all time. He came to my high school. You know, back in the day, we didn't have Twitter or any social media. I think all of our, our highlight tapes were on VHS tapes and stuff back then. So, yeah, he came He came in, uh, gosh, it would have been 1995, came to Blue Valley North High School in Overland Park, Kansas, and told me about West Point and, um, yeah, it, uh, I ended up, uh, deciding to go there. So, um, didn't really know what I was getting into, <laughs> but yeah, Bill Sheridan was the, was the reason why. Yeah. I, I think it's, um, Clay, when you say you didn't really know what you're getting into, is that because you didn't ask the questions, they weren't really upfront about it or were, did you, um, were they kind of telling you like, Hey, this is what to expect. You just, you really can't wrap your head around it at that time. Well, I went on a recruiting visit, and when I went out there, um, you know, you have your your uh, Army football player who's who's the host, and I went and I ate in the in the dining facility, and I remember it was it was in the winter time. It was probably there's snow on the ground, so everyone's wearing their their dress gray with their uh, their overcoats on and everything, and it was freezing cold. And for some reason, it still didn't quite click that I was actually going to be wearing the same uniform and going to school. It just was like, hey, you're playing Division One college football. And, um, so that one little visit, um, and then just the military and, and understanding that I'd be going to formation at six in the morning, uh, didn't really cl click for an 18 year old, uh, high school kid. Uh, but Hey, Hey, when I got there, I was, I was all in, that's for sure. 
Yeah, it's um, it's kind of. I, I feel like that's a lot of you know maybe the naivety about the football players is you know you get these coaches that tell you they want you to come here, you do your visit, you get that small kind of experience on the visit because they they don't necessarily hide it, but they only show you the good stuff kind of kind of deal. And um, you know they might be the 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 guys were always honest, but they never made it out to be that hard. Um, or like impossible. And the people I met, it was like, oh man, I mean, I'm, I feel like I can do this. Um, I, th- I just think it's always funny when you hear, you know, guys, you know, no matter where they went to the academy, they're like, yeah, I didn't really know exactly what I was going to be doing when I got there. Um, but they're glad they went and they stayed for the brotherhood for the most part. So that's, uh, that's pretty cool. So you, you said you went to your journey or your, um, you went on your visit uh, in the in the winter time frame. Um, did you go back at all prior to our day, or was that like your one taste of West Point, and the next time was was our day? Yeah, that, that was my one taste. Um, you know, I stayed at the Thayer Hotel in those small little rooms with my dad, and uh, then stayed overnight. I think one night in in the barracks, and um, that was my one little taste. You know, I, I, I said I wanted to go and. Uh, committed to go to West Point. Of course, you had to fill out all the paperwork and actually get get the appointment and the nomination. I actually got my nomination from Bob Dole. He was a staff wow. senior from Kansas, so that was pretty cool. Um, and yeah, signed up and and gosh, I think uh, Beast Barracks was would have been in June, June of ninety ninety six. So, yep, I remember driving out there all 18 hours from Kansas with my mom the whole way. And she was talking to me the whole way. And then of course, of course everyone has that, that our day experience where you say goodbye to your, your folks. And, and then you kind of turn the corner and you're like, Holy cow, what did I get myself into here? So, but uh, yeah, I mean, the, the beast barracks, Stevie probably remembered is probably not much different in, for you is what 2006 to that you went to use maps right yeah i went to prep school so like yeah. beast barracks was i mean piece of cake uh, for you <laughs> prep school was my like oh my i mean there was i remember getting smoked like the second night there and being like yeah this ain't this ain't what i'm about and then the third day they let us start playing football and i was like all right this is what i'm about <laughs> so like if it wasn't that if they didn't start sports that soon I don't know, man. I mean, I was sitting out there with four two courts on my arms, wall sitting, 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock at night. And I was like, this is my second day, and I'd already screwed up. And I was like, man, I just came here to play ball. Mm-hmm. And no, like 1 p.m., 1300 the next day, break out the sports. And I met Coach Kawika, Ben Kawika that day. And I I swear, if I hadn't met him that day, I would. I don't know if I would have – Stuck it out. He's like, you know, the old saying, right, from all the old grads, just give it, a, give it another week. Give it, another, you know, give it another try. So, but, yeah. It's, it's funny sure you say I'm that. Beast. It's funny you say that because because Ben Kotwika was actually uh, my my Beast Barracks company commander. Wow. Um, so he was, or maybe he was our platoon leader. He, he was wearing the red sash and all that stuff. And um, it took a it took a couple a couple days before I realized Ben Kotwika was was a football player. And was not only that, but he, the team captain. So um, yeah, he he did kind of whisper to the to the to the ball players, say, "Hey, just hang in there; it'll be okay." So yeah, and I think 
you know, him and, you know, we had, um, you know, Major King, now Colonel King as our OR. It, they just – all he talked about was like, you can't just be a great football at West Pointer, right? You can't just you can't just care about football and be a great football player. You got to walk the walk in everything you do, and that's what always has stuck with me since meeting uh, Major, now Colonel King, was, you know, winning everything. Have strack lines on your uniform, shoes shine, like dominate at everything. Go to class. Um, that was preached to us um, from our OR and it was just kind of, a, um, you know, it made a lot of sense. Cause you know, just like you, Clay, I mean, you like winning, winning's nice. You know, it's, everything's more fun when you can, you can attach winning to it. So that's right. Colonel yeah. King is that uh Disa King. Yes. Yes, sir. Yeah, he's, he's one, he's one of my, that's one of my boys right there. Oh yeah. 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 Um, so you, when you, when you get to, you know, you guys have, you know, you get to your sports, right? They finally let you go to play sports. What was that freshman year like for you? And and kind of like what was the culture from comparing it to, you know, your high school team to now, you know, a collegiate, um, you know, t- you know, you guys are coming off. I guess it was that season you guys were looking at, right? Because you were a freshman 96? Yeah, 90, that was 96. That was uh, the Independence Bowl team. You bet. So, right. yeah, for me, for me, when, when I when I showed up and, you know, we got through the beast barracks and at the time, uh, so Bob Sutton was a head coach. Uh, my position coach, defensive back coach was Bill Sheridan. Um, and at the time we went up to, uh, you know, the Hollander Center up there. Uh, they had like the ice rink and we used to throw mattresses down all around the ice rink like that would have been late 90s. And that's where we slept during two days. And that was the, the plebe's first introduction to two a day football. Um, so we, we all slept there and, you know, here, here we are, we just finished beast barracks. We go up there. Um, and I think we had like position meetings pretty quick. And for me personally, you know, I came from Kansas. I, you know, I was the man at, in, in, in my high school, you know, hall of fame guy. And I thought I was pretty, pretty good. Um, you know, I was playing, I was a free safety in, in high school. So that's what I thought I was playing, you know, at, at army. And when I showed up, um, I went to remember, I remember going to the first position, uh, meetings and we had a whiteboard and we had all the positions and there was a short corner, strong safety, free safety and wide halfback. So that's what we called the corners with short corner and wide halfback. And I was ninth string, uh, short corner. And that was out of freshman, just out of the plebes. Like I was the ninth string, and I'm thinking, holy cow, there's yeah, I was last. There's like 36 defensive backs, just freshmen in here. And I'm like, man, am I even gonna make this team? So I had all that all that, those thought processes going through my head. And you know, it's been a it's been a while since I've been in the in the locker room, but they had all the the nice lockers, like the wooden lockers and everything. Then there's this back room. They had these like old yellow lockers. They're real skinny um, and kind of metal mesh on there. Yeah. Well, that's where my little and my name tap was just a piece of tape with my name on there. So, uh, so for me, two days was was fighting just to make the team. And by the time two days was done, my my initials had moved up that depth chart, and I was I think third on it for the freshmen. And that's about where they they made the cuts and. Uh, the folks that weren't up there didn't didn't make the team, so Man, so I, just, I, was, I barely made it. Wow. Yeah, I, I I don't know. I I just feel like looking back now, 
and I don't know, and I experienced this a little bit in high school, because uh, when I transferred high schools, um, they put me as like third string tailback and second string linebacker. Uh, like when I first got to the high school, and I was like, this is, I'm way better than these guys. This is crazy, right? So I feel like it's almost a little bit like those coaches know when they're getting a good ball player, you know, just making sure they can kind of take that first piece of humble pie and uh, like see that, you know, see that dig, that that grit in him to uh, to know that, you know, he just loves playing the game and he's going to go out there and play the game. I don't know if – obviously when you're 18, all you're like is like, shit, man, like how yeah. am I – how am I number nine? Like they told me they wanted me. Yeah, uh, exactly. Like what am I doing here? <laughs> yeah, like how – there's nine guys in front of me. Like why didn't they tell me that? Um, yeah. But, you know, looking back on it, I feel like that's something they do. Not, you know, I don't know if that's what Army did back then with me, you, whoever. But it's a pretty good, you know, when you know you're getting a good player, it's 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 just kind of see the different uh, how they're going to respond, kind of deal. So, yeah, um, no doubt. We hear a lot of those stories, Steve, right? About guys who came in very low on the depth chart and rose up, and um, it gives you. I'm sure it gave you a lot of motivation, right, Clay? Well, like Clay said, I mean, and and those are including the walk-ons too. I'm sure. I mean, it's 36 defensive backs out of just the freshmen. Like Army used to. I mean, I remember there's 212 guys on the football team at one point. Um, my like my yeah. freshman or sophomore year. I, mean, I, I was letter I. You know, I was I was letter I at linebacker, and I think there was like, I don't know, J and K below me. Like I, I'm like Clay. I came in at like number I or letter I, and I was like, holy, this is a lot of people. Like, how are we gonna feed all these people? Um, so, but same reaction you had, Clay. Like, all right, well, I just need to keep crushing two days. And I had one. It was one specific play because you. I mean, Clay, how many plays did you get at practice? Right. Yeah, we just scout team. That's all it was. For yeah, you got what? You got three or four reps, and it was like, hey, next guy. Three That's or four right. reps, next guy. And I blitzed one time, crossed the running back, and they moved me up to like C. And I was like, oh, thank God. Thank God I made it. What yeah, was no, that? That's fun. That, uh, that freshman year was was fun. We, you know, we we had a one heck of a team. Um, and, you know, Ben Kawika, um, CW Estes. Um, you look at, you know, the defensive backs, uh, Bobby Brown, uh, Gerald Tyquinko, Tommy Mullins. Uh, we just had some really good, like, leaders, um, and it was just fun to be a part of that. Uh, Garland Gay was another one. He was a cornerback for us. Just a just a phenomenal team. Uh, defense was un- unreal. Uh, Stephen, Stephen King and um, and Ben Cowweek were inside linebackers. And, man, those guys would just just fly around and hit people. It was just fun to watch. But uh, but being a part of that team, you know, they they really made us freshmen, us please feel like we were part of it too. Um, and we had these little jerseys, and, and they called it the the SAS. They give us little SAS awards if if we played well in practice, and you know we get little stickers on our helmets. And man, we we always felt like we were part of that team too. And shoot, we went to the bowl game. Um, I didn't get to travel to the bowl. Uh, only a, a limited amount of, of please got to travel, but that was down in. Uh, Let's see, it was in Independence Bowl, so it would have been in Shreveport, Louisiana, yeah. and played Auburn. And I remember watching it on TV um, and just, just going crazy, just watching that game on TV and th- th- feeling like I was still a part of it. So the way that Coach Sutton and the way that coaching staff 
just bred that team culture and the way that those seniors uh, led that team was pretty dang, pretty dang cool. It was cool to be a part. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the seniors, you know, I, it all, you know, obviously starts at the top, but you know, it's so critical having that those informal leaders, players, and then your seniors just, you know, make sure that culture is right. Right. The head coach can't do that. Your staff can't do that. Um, it's gotta be the senior leader is the seniors of that class. And, you know, for me, I always remember feeling like our captains were like, not like, I don't expect them to like, they're not the ones that are going to be grooming me. Right. So like I always, and it, it wasn't anything like it wasn't anything VD did or Caleb Campbell did. I just felt as a freshman, like they got a lot on their plate. Like I don't expect them to mentor me. I don't know if that's how you feel, Clay, but I had a good battle buddy and I had a good sophomore and junior class that those guys mentored the freshmen in the film room, how to how to watch film or how to study or how to combat, you know, film work and study work and, and the core and football. Do you have a guy that just was there for you or, or showed you the way or a peer that got you through it? Um, that freshman year, you know, even into that freshman second semester when you started spring ball that like you really felt like he took you under your wing. Yeah, that, I've got several. I think uh, freshman year, I'd have to pin it on a guy named Tom Gecky. Uh And Tom's a colonel right now. Um, he's a he's a stud in the military. In fact, uh, I just I own I own some barbecue sauce because his Bengals beat my Chiefs. So we were texting each other um, about an hour ago, actually. So I got to send him some barbecue sauce. But Tom was my workout buddy. Uh, He was the guy whose yellow locker was next next to mine. He was the guy that, um, you know, when you had your optional workouts uh, on Sundays after games, he was the guy that was bouncing me on my bed saying, hey, wake up, let's go. Let's go to Chow. Let's get up there. Let's walk up to the um, to the stadium. And Tom refused. He refused to ride the bus. He would always walk. That was his thing. So, so I would always walk with Tom. And uh, no doubt, Tom was that guy for me. That plebeer uh, that just pushed me. And then uh, you know, Tom played defense. He was a he was kind of a, a hybrid. Uh, they called it the night position at the time, but he's kind of like a hybrid uh, outside linebacker um, for us. In the DB room, it was a, a guy named Tony Coxum, and Tony Coxum. Um, still a great friend of mine today. He's on a text chain. Uh, you know, we, we talk all the time via text, but Tony was my, was my DB buddy. Uh, and for sure, like between the two of us, we held each other accountable and, uh, made sure we we're making, making the most out of, out of our days. So. Yeah. Coach Coxum was our defensive backs coach when I was there. So he was a big brother to me as well. Um, you know, and still to this day, you know, rooting for Big Blue, loved watching what he's doing with the the program there, and um, you know, I, I could I I can honestly I 100 percent could see that because he was like that as a coach. Um, he was he was making sure guys had that iron sharpens iron type of deal where you know who's gonna who's gonna push you on your bed. You know, kind of deal. So, um, love Coach Coxum. Um, that's really that's small. You know, I love how it comes full circle where, um, you know, just the brotherhood continues to impact one another. So, 
He might be watching. So, uh, when you, Steve, you might be watching ahead, now. He, he was. He might be watching now. He just he retweeted uh, the podcast. He could be watching right now as we speak. So, um, yeah, yeah go Coach, ahead, you out there, go ahead. Ask, tell us to ask Clay a comment that will make him sweat a little bit, so we can uh, get some goods on the 96, 97, yeah. 98, 99 era. Yeah, if guys, if you have any comments or questions while we're um while we're talking to Clay, please uh, feel free to send them in and we'll post them. Really appreciate it. Here we go. Oh, Bay Knight wants to know how the coaches handle all those players when you have like over two hundred players, right? You know, they uh, like I, I'll tell you, like Bob Sutton was my head coach for all four years, um, and you know he empowered the coaches underneath him. With each of their each of the different uh, different groups, and man, we we felt like we were we were part of it. We didn't just because there was two hundred players. We didn't feel like we were number two hundred. Like I, I felt like every practice was important, um, and part of that was just the culture that Army has. You know, like we're we're you know we say brothers, and you know there's a lot of people that use that term a lot. It's just different, and Stephen Steve knows what I what I mean. It's it really is different. It's one of those things where if any one of those guys that I played with um, needed me tomorrow, you know, I'd be there. And, and in the same token, they'd be there for me. Um, and it's some of those things that you, you, you breathe that, you breathe that uh, in the weight room, you breathe it, you know, not only uh, on the practice field, but I mean, and by the way, our, our field was, was that rock solid turf. Like it was that we didn't have that soft turf or whatever. It was that hard, uh, turf. That's what we had back in the late nineties. And anyone that, that, uh, was tackled or tackled someone on that turf, uh, and it was cold outside knows what it feels like, but it, you know, it's concrete. Um, but yeah, just experiencing that with, with, with your brothers, um, it's different. And then, and then you go to class and, and at the same time you're, you know, you're going to school, not just to play football you're, you're going to school, not just to get an engineering degree from West Point. Uh, you're going to be a leader in the military. And I think we all um, would hold each other accountable for that and uh, just add it to another layer of, of that, that brotherhood that just other, other places don't have. So, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, 200 people, we all felt like we're just as important. Yeah. I mean, you know, you have your, you have your defense and offensive coordinator, and then you have your position coaches and then you know how you really handle it is you have seniors and informal leaders that hold each other accountable. And that's, yep. that is the only way that culture works. Um, and, and I've seen it in the military, I've seen it at army football. Um, and I can only imagine you've seen it throughout your career, Clay. And, and, and then as you transition to the civilian world, I mean, you gotta have, you know, informal leaders and, and, and people that are not just the authority, right. People in authority, you know, it's like it's like when you're a kid, right? And your dad tells you what to do, and you're like, Yeah, I got it, Dad. Like, and then, you know, your buddy, or you know, even maybe if it's someone else, you know, anybody else tells you, you know, your dad's right, you're like, Oh yeah, that's right. My dad was right. But that's just kind of how I how I look at it. <laughs> yep. That's right. It's like the NCO core, you know. So, um, Clay, after your freshman year, how was uh, your first spring ball going and how do you kind of progress even further up the depth chart for the Black Knights? 
Yeah, so that was that was the first uh, you know real opportunity for me, and and I did move from cornerback to safety um, in that spring ball, and that was my first chance to to make a move and actually make the make the travel team. So uh, that was a good spring ball for me, and you know I was not a fast player. Um, I was I was known more for for being a good tackler and uh, could could hit people. So that that was a type of safety that I played and. Um, at the end of spring ball, I think I was third string on the depth chart. And, um, you know, two guys I think really highly of. Uh, Bobby Brown uh, was the starter that year. And then Matt Rogers, who's also still in the military, um, was right there too. And Bobby and Matt were both uh, both seniors. So I got to travel, um, which was just an unbelievable experience as a sophomore. And um, got to actually, you know, go to the hotels the night before games. Um, was part of the special teams uh, that year, so I played uh, played on all four special teams, and even even got a little little bit of game time here and there. So, uh, in fact, I think the first uh, the first game I played was um, against Boston College uh, up in Boston. Uh, they also had a hard turf, and and Steve, you probably don't you guys had Under Armour by the time you were playing uh, back back when we played. We didn't have like the the Under Armour gear that we would wear underneath our pads and stuff. So, you know, taking the whole national champions of toughness to a certain level, uh, I remember that game. It was it was probably low 30s and just not enough to freeze, but it was like kind of raining, like the sleet rain or something. And the, the turf was hard. The and, worst. Yeah, and, and that was my first – I think that was my first travel game. And we were trying out some, like, knockoff version of Under Armour, but I think it was before Under Armour actually existed. <laughs> so it was like this tight, like, stuff you'd wear – well, I remember all the, you know, all the teammates saying, you know, don't wear that, you know, don't, don't wear that. You know, it's not tough. It's not tough. So I remember going out and, and nobody wore that during the pregame. And then we went back in and we went to our little team meetings and, you know, Bill Sherry, Coach Sheridan was there. He's getting his prepped up for the game. And then when we went back out, I must have missed something because everybody else was wearing it except for me. Like I was the only guy that wasn't wearing it. And I remember thinking, holy cow, like I'm freezing. I'm not wearing no sleeves and, and I do remember like just freezing on the sideline. Then I remember uh, John Bonomega was our was our special teams coach. He'd be like, "Kick off," you know. And I'd run in there like, oh "My God, I could I could run in there and get warm for a second. And um, I think at halftime, I actually ended up putting it back on. But um, yeah, that was my first uh, first game experience. I think was that game. So it was fun. Yeah, I do. I I that is that was still very real. And uh, when I was there, Clay, I didn't wear sleeves, not one game my entire career. Um, so, and you know what? I don't really remember. I just remember being like, I'm never going to wear sleeves. And I remember it was being like, you can't feel if you're tackling the right way or something. Somebody told me that at one point and I was like, all right, no sleeves. Can't risk it. <laughs> right. As, as like a freshman, can't risk it, you know? Um, so I, I do, I do want to say, uh, I never did wear sleeves. I don't really 100% remember every single game, but I'm pretty sure I didn't wear sleeves. So it was the same mentality. Like, no, nah, linebackers don't wear sleeves. I'm like, That's okay. Right. <laughs> yeah. Colonel, uh, Colonel Rogers was also at the Academy as an OR um, as major Rogers when Colonel King was there. So that was, oh, our really two, that was our power duo along with, you know, Colonel Polka at the time um, as our head OR. I mean, so you can imagine, Clay, those two and what kind of impact they can bring. Oh, and by the way, when those two get there, that just happens to be the year 
that we end up going to a bowl game and winning, right? So, like, you know, I'm, you know, obviously they'll never take credit for it, but the way they talked about how you have to be all the time, I know that's how you guys grew up under under Coach K because that's what he preached as my defensive coordinator at prep school. You know, just win at everything. Um, and it's funny how when you start winning at everything, how winning on the field becomes not necessarily easy, but it starts to happen more and more. That's awesome, man. Yeah, yeah. Matt Rogers is one of my all-time favorites for sure. Right. He, he awesome, awesome big brother. Still text both of those gentlemen to this day and Coach Coaxum. So, um, you know, like like you said, man. I mean, they're great individuals. So, anyway, back back to back to your sophomore year. So, sophomore year comes and goes. What kind? Of, what kind of? How did um, you know? This is kind of like where we go from here. Is how did the culture change or shift, or what was the major difference from when you were an underclassman kind of like role player slash informal leader to now you start to move to upperclassmen, um, you know, truly an informal leader, um, and how you manage that culture, or how you want to keep this culture, or what you want to change. Yeah, I think I mean, shoot, we're you know at that time you're 19, 20 years old, so you're you're still developing as a leader. You're still learning. You're still learning what the right thing to do is. So you know, leadership by example is um, something that that you have to do, and um, and that that was something you know in the weight room, um, definitely on the field in the practice field. You know, giving it, giving it your all every single time. You know, I was I was one of those guys that that probably would would you know go full speed and half speed drills, which probably pissed off some coaches every now and then. Um, but Hey, I mean, you know, that's, that's kind of the, just the way that I was wired at, at the time and um, what, what leadership uh, by example is. And yeah, I think, uh, you know, once you kind of get through that, that sophomore year and, you know, you're committed to the military, committed to, to army uh, going into your junior season, you know, you absolutely have to take that, that role on and do the best you can to, to mentor those those uh, folks coming up behind you, and for us it was it was the defensive backs. So like uh, that's what Tony Coxum, myself, uh, uh, some of the other juniors uh, would would do. We we mentor those and say, hey, we were in your, we had the, the orange or the yellow lockers too, just like you did. Um, so keep you know keep focus, stay after it. Um, absolutely, I mean that's that's kind of when you when you make that leadership shift. I think no doubt. Yeah, I, I mean, but it's always, you know, for me, I kind of I feel like there's, you know, there's obviously that that huge deal of committing to the Army your junior year, next, whatever they, you know, whatever they want to call it, 10 years if you count reserves or, or whatever. Um, but for me, I always found it, it's so much easier to, like, follow what right looks like, right? And then all of a sudden – like you come into a meeting room and you start noticing people are watching you do everything. Yeah. Right. And it's kind of almost like, Oh, they're, they like, they need to know what to do. And now they're looking mm -hmm. at me to do it. So it almost becomes an outside motivation. If you don't, if you don't, you know, think about it right up front. Um, like, Oh, if I'm, if I'm like, you know, messing with stuff in my hands while watching film or uh, all those little things start to add up. Uh, I don't know. That's just kind of like, that's the hardest part for me is noticing that every single thing now that I do, where it was 
you know, only the important things mattered before. Now everything matters. And I think the guys that can know that sooner or have someone tell them that um, helps them. I don't know. I don't know if you felt that way, Clay, or, or if you experienced, you know, all of a sudden you're in a meeting room and you're, you look over and guys are like, what's, what, what's, what's Clay Daniels doing? <laughs> like, I need to be doing that. So do you have any memories of that or any kind of, um, you know, like anything that pops out? You know, uh, I, I don't know if anything specifically pops out, uh, but but you're right. I mean, that's a, that's a, that is a big shift. Um, you know, I think when you when you're when you're playing football, a lot of times you're you're thinking about the game, what's coming next, your your assignments. You know, you're watching film. You're 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 so focused on that. Um, you kind of forget that there's probably someone there staring at you and, and seeing, seeing how you're reacting and how you're talking to coach. Um, but that's, that's actually a great point. Like for, especially for those folks that are younger leaders in their career. I mean, like I look at uh, the team right now and uh, you know, like, like Broughton, man, what, what a, what a tough um, passionate, like he, he plays my position. Like he's a, he's a stud, you know, and I just love watching that kid play. And man, he gets it and he gets it just with his actions. You know, like I'm, I'm sure I'm sure he's very, very highly intelligent. And he speaks really well and he, he talks well in front of the team, but he wouldn't have to say a word. If you just watch that kid play and watch how he runs around, makes plays, gets up the energy, the, the, the nonverbal communication that he has, like that's leadership. That's, that's leadership right there. So yeah, I mean, he, he made that shift when he was a, a junior, and I think he was team captain, right? When he was a uh, yeah. he was junior. I mean, what a who does that at, at the premier leadership school? Um, holy cow! Like, what a stud. Um, so yeah, I mean, people that can that can make that shift, and, uh, and to me, it's leadership by example um, all the time. And like you said, Steve, I mean, you start doing something. Um, that's that's not indicative of a leader. People see it and they think it's okay. So it's a big shift to make. And um, when when you guys, you know, you started going to be juniors and seniors, what what did you? Uh, I mean, I remember I had like a, you know, what we started with was a senior council, right? We'd always meet with the seniors down at the core at some part during the week and say, "Hey, are we on glide path?" Or, or where are we deviating, right? Because we can't see everything as as the captains. You know, where are we deviating? We said we wanted to do it this way. This is how we wanted to be at the beginning of the season. Um, where are we – where can we help as, as leaders? Or what are you guys seeing at, you know, at your positions at all over the core, right? Our eyes and ears everywhere. Um, and I think that um, what the culture we want to set – with what we wanted to take, what we liked about being underclassmen, like what we liked about the program and what we didn't like and what we said we absolutely didn't want to, you know, have happen. You know, you always try to make short lists, right? So you always focus on those things. Was there anything you remember there was something about the culture that you guys really wanted to implement when you were the upperclassmen and there was maybe something either you didn't want to implement or something you just kind of um, didn't bring with you? Um, when you became that, that leadership position, man. Um, well, so the, the national champions of toughness that, that, that started in our era, 
like that that started i think it may have started with uh maybe like 90 95 like uh 94 95 like some of those guys back then and and i know like the the team the independence bowl team like that was a, that was our big slogan national champions of toughness so that was that was certainly the the culture of the like when you look at uh who we wanted to be that's who we wanted to be every game you know we come out we're gonna hit people in the mouth we're gonna be tougher than anyone else out there so when i look back and 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 just think about that in general, like everything we did was, was kind of based off of that theme. And, um, I, 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 we had some really good leaders in my class, uh, Nate Hunterton, um, no doubt he he was my captain. And, you know, to this day, he's still, I still look at him as, as my captain, you know, Nate Hunterton and, uh, David Hagman, uh, David Hagman's, uh, was a de- defensive end for us. Um, uh, just, you know, great leader, uh, by example. And, and yeah, I, th- I think I, you know, d- defensively, and that's one thing that you know we did have a kind of like an offense, defense, leadership groups, I believe. Um, but we had like the summer, the summer before, we we called it PIAD. I think it was a yeah. forget what the acronym stood for. It was a chance for us to come come live together, build build camaraderie, um, captain's kind of, practices type of yeah. deal. Oh yeah, you know we had a. Uh, we had a couple weekends where we went out. We went to Pottsville, Pennsylvania, one time and uh, played home run derby uh, at, at my buddy Brian Dempster's house. And he had like twenty five Army football players over there, juniors and seniors. And offense beat the defense and home run derby. I think that weekend. Uh, but just uh, just you know building that camaraderie, that that brotherhood, that culture. And I think it stemmed around the national champions of toughness. I mean that's what we were. That's what we wanted to be. Um, every game that we played. Uh, no one was going to out tough us. So it's just kind of everything we did was based around that. Yeah, Clay, I was just wanted to ask you a little bit about what you're, since we're coming up on, um, we're only like, what, five or six days away from Army Navy. I just wanted to ask you if you have any like Army Navy memories of, of your playing days and, and what you remember of the rivalry back then. Yeah, so I, I've got several. Um, you know, the, the first one, when, when I was a plebe, uh, you know, I wasn't on the field. I was in the, in the, in the Corps of Cadets um, just because I didn't dress out for the game. But watching Ronnie McKay to make, make plays that game was pretty, pretty, pretty cool to watch. Um, and Navy was really good that year, but we won that game. Uh, my sophomore year, I remember, you know, that was when I was on the travel squad. I remember telling all my friends back home, like, hey, guys, I'm going to be playing on national television. It's gonna be really cool. I'm number 34. You know, watch for me. And then when I came came in to get my get, before I came into my jersey, I was actually it was a different number. I was not, number 23. So it's funny. Like I didn't even have like a like my number would rotate in the games. Like sometimes I was 34. Sometimes I was 23. So I remember telling everyone, well, well, I guess I can't tell everyone. You know what what number I'm gonna be. So, <laughs> so that was my memory. Of that game was was uh, getting a different number for Army Navy. Um, we did. We did not not win that year. That was a, a tough year. That was at the Meadowlands, and it was really. I remember being really, really cold. Um, I will tell you the uh, one of the toughest Army football players that uh, that I've ever played with uh, was Joe Hewitt, and Joe Hewitt played played fullback for us, um, and he he did uh, bust one right at the beginning of the game for like a gosh, it was probably a 60, 70 yard uh, touchdown. He's a fullback for us. And Joe, Joe probably, um, gosh, he probably had he had multiple, um, you know, concussions playing football. And uh, but man, he was a tough son of a gun, and he was fast. 
but I do remember that that game. That was pretty 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 cool to watch Joe do that. And then junior year was at the uh, at the vet Veterans Stadium. And Sal, you may remember this. Uh, do you remember when the 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 cadets were like leaning on the the stand wall and it fell yeah. down? Yeah, yep. that was that was the game that year. But we had two uh, two big runs there. One was uh, Craig Stucker, uh, uh, Stuck Truck is what we call Craig. He 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 broke one to the house, and then the other one was Ty Amy, and Ty Amy was another one of our fullbacks. Craig and Ty would would rotate in and out, and he broke one to the to the house that game too. Um, and that was a that was a win that year, uh, which was pretty neat. And then my you know unfortunately we didn't win our senior year, but my memory there is. Uh, so I, my senior season, I broke my leg, um, the sixth game of the year against, uh, Southern Mississippi down in Hattiesburg. And I was, I was broke it on the field. Uh, you know, the lineman kind of dove on me and broke my, my fibula and, and just kind of a minor break in my tibia. Um, but I swore, I was like, man, I'm going to make it back for army Navy. I know I'm going to make it back for army Navy. And I had like this little air cast that I wore. And I remember my mom sent me like these magnets because she told me these magnets would help help my bone heal faster or something. But this is a long time ago before like any technology. And um, and I and I really thought I was going to play in that game. And and I, I just couldn't. I, I suited up for the game and I had this air cast on there, but I, it was just so hard to like plant and cut and run with it on. Um, but my coach, uh, Mike Sullivan, was our DB coach. He he put me in the last play of the game of that of the Army Navy game, and it was the hundredth Army Navy game, hmm. and he he wanted me to to play in the hundredth Army Navy game, and it was unfortunate when Navy was kneeling on the ball, but it was still a, a memory I'll never forget because you know I actually got to say I played in the hundredth hundredth Army Navy game, so um, with with somewhat of a broken leg, you know, and it um it goes back to the the culture that that coaching staff set like. Unless they care about you as a person and truly care about you, you're not just a player that's going to come and go. That doesn't happen um, at at um, at that you know division one level. You know, coaches, you know, they don't have they they owed you nothing, Clay. They didn't have to do that. Um, and you know, I I've, I've got to meet Mike a couple times over the years, and um, you know, that's just awesome that he recognized that and saw how hard you worked to dress for that game. Um, so what a cool experience. And yeah, you know, I'm sure that, um, you know, that, you know, like you said, it's just something that you'll never forget, you know, that, that experience and, and how you were treated as a, as a person. And you take some of that with you as you became an army officer, you know what I mean? That memory. Yeah. Absolutely, man. Yeah. That's, pretty special when when you have coaches that that care about their players as much as that so it it says a lot about the rivalry too right Uh, where you know yeah the game might have been in already decided but the fact that you were out there for the last play your senior year uh probably the last time you you, last time you played football right player that was it that was the last time yep yeah yeah it's a you know, you mentioned um, Southern Mississippi. I just wanted to touch on this real quick about, you know, Army moving the Conference USA when you were there, right? That was a transition from going from an independent schedule to now a conference schedule. And I think that maybe I think Cincinnati was the first game that you guys played yeah. as a Conference USA team and you were able to, you know, d- defeat Cincinnati. So, um, you know, I always like to ask um, former players when we have them on, maybe 
who was the best player that they w- w- played against when they were mm-hmm. in the Army. Because some of the names that you'll hear are like some of the guys that went on to big-time things in the NFL. But first off, what was that like, um, the Conference USA move? Well, that, that was pretty cool. I mean, you know, we went from um, independence uh, playing, and then we went to Conference USA. We were playing Louisville and Tulane and Houston. Um, I think the biggest thing as a DB that changed was uh, all those teams threw the ball a lot. Yeah. So uh, you went from the typical four four defensive backs set to at least a nickel uh, in most games, and and, that, and I was actually pretty pretty fortunate. I got to play a lot of nickel um, junior year, and I wasn't real good at it <laughs> by, by no means, <laughs> um, but just you know just had a chance to play, and and yeah, there was some some times I remember playing against like a Tulane or Louisville, and just getting beat so bad in a man coverage. And then trying to uh, um, trying to catch up and just tackling the guy before the ball got there and getting a pass interference call and I think it was a uh, 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 Bob uh, Shoop was my coach my DB coach at the time he would just say hey man like at least at least you at least you you didn't give up the touchdown so <laughs> um, but yeah that was a big thing you you asked who the best the best player was uh, it was definitely Randy Moss he played for Marshall. Uh, that was sophomore year. And I think he had the ESPN play of the year against us. Um, and that, that was uh, – if, if you Google Randy Moss, Army, uh, yeah. ESPN play of the year, you'll see the – I think it was a 92-yard touchdown. And, yeah, he uh, he made a play. I mean, he, he was good. Um, I was probably standing on the sidelines as he ran by. Um, my, my buddy Kevin Coger uh, played – he was on the kickoff team with me that year. And – he actually tackled Randy Moss on the kickoff, so he'll always say that he he tackled Randy Moss. That's right. <laughs> but, but yeah, I think a couple of plays later, he he went deep for a for a touchdown. <laughs> you know, Clay, real quick, shout out to Kevin Coger. Um, he's from uh, my neck of the woods, Sussex County, New Jersey. He he played at I believe Walkill Valley High School, and uh, he was a guy that was uh, from Northern New Jersey. Shout out. That's the name. I, that's the name I haven't heard in a long time. So awesome. Yeah, um, Koger is one of my all-time all-time favorites. One of my, one of my best buds. Yeah, he's uh, still saying t- he's on that same text chain with all those other guys. So, yeah, you talk about that Randy Moss game, right? I was just starting at the newspaper then, and I didn't I didn't even know where West Point existed when I first got to the paper in Milltown, and then to see that like, Randy Moss go off in a, one of the first games that I was able to like follow, so to speak. I didn't cover the game, but I was able to follow it and see. I was like. Wow, that's that, that. That was kind of the breakout for him, right? A little bit, right? For him, and that kind of showed that he was ready for. You it, know, the- it, it was what was crazy is I think we rushed for like 500 yards that game, and I think we had I think they had like 20 plays and we had like 80 plays, and they still beat us because like three of those plays were to Randy Moss for touchdowns. <laughs> so we, I think we gave the ball up a couple times, couple 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 fumbles, but, I, but man, I think we ran for like 500 yards, I and mean, they couldn't stop us either. So. But, but yeah, getting back to Conference USA, I, I think that was that was fun. Um, one of my favorite games was against East Carolina uh, down in Greenville, North Carolina. And Steve, did you ever play there? No, we didn't. Pull, we never played against East Carolina. That that was a that was a pretty cool game. I mean, it, talk about like a football town that like just revolves around that that school. Um, their their mascots, the purple. I think it's the Purple Pirates. And they had this uh, – they would come out. They, they came out 
to uh, Jimi Hendrix Purple Haze and all this purple smoke was blowing around all over the place. That's pretty cool. The whole crowd was bebopping around to, to Purple Haze in the crowd. And uh, the quarterback was David Gerard, and he played for the Jacksonville Jaguars yeah. for a while. Yeah. Um, and I do remember I, I played a lot that game and had a I, I blitzed David Gerard and actually hit him. Um, and I remember it, was, it felt like I was hitting a brick wall. The guy was like 265 pounds, 6'3". And uh, I don't think he moved much even. And I gave him everything I had. So, but that was a fun game. And then Southern Miss, uh, Sal, that was uh, Adelius Thomas played in that game. Remember him? He played for the, the Ravens. Oh, yeah. He was, uh, he was a defensive end for Southern Miss. That game was really, really good. So, yeah, you look at like talent now, right? Um, uh, he's going with Moss, five catches, 175. We don't need to be reminded, Christian. Yeah. <laughs> Christian, Christian Gamar and I went to the same high school. Yeah, I went to Blue North High School. There you go. So, yeah. The connections, right? On the po- Great to have that connection here. Um, yeah, the, 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 back to like Conference USA, right? It, now it's group of five, right? That's a, that's a, That would be a group of five uh, conference. But there is a ton of talent in those conferences. And, like, Army's found, found that out this year with, like, you know, UTSA, Coastal Carolina, Troy. Those are some really, those are some really good teams with a lot of guys that are going to play at the next level. So, um, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty cool just to hear those stories, right, Steve? I mean, you're a Ravens fan, so you, yeah. it's going to be cool to hear, right? I knew I, as soon as you heard the name, as soon as he said the name, I was like, oh yeah, I remember watching him. I didn't know you played against him, but yeah, that's um, he was a great player for the Ravens, man. Played multiple years. I think Clay, he- where we, Clay, where are you, um, where are you watching the Army game this year? Uh, in, in, in my in my house right here in in Kansas City area, yeah. I, I, gosh, for the past ten years, I have a little Army Navy party over here. Um, another Army football player lives in town, Mark Regal. He okay. would have been class of two thousand two. Mark's gonna come over here. His son and my son are the same same age, and they both want to play Army football someday. So that's great. Yeah, uh, you don't even you know. I've got I've got three sons, Clay and. It's the same kind of deal, man. Like, I don't push anything on them, but they're like, we're, you know, they get their Army football, and they're like, yeah, we're going to play, you know, Army football. And I'm like, all right. Might be because I'm, like, yelling at the TV every weekend. But (laughs) It's uh, that culture, Steve. It's the culture you're establishing in that house. That's right. They want to be like you. Clay, before I forget, you know, you know, I could be up in your neck of the woods next year at CGSC, so – if, well, if you are, you, yeah, you you got to link up. I got yeah. I got a basement with with a bed. You can you can shack up here on the weekend, man. Have a couple <laughs> yeah. beers. Uh, that'll be my that'll be my couch when the wife gets mad at me. <laughs> I'll tell you that that is uh, that's been great to live here though, because I, I get to see everyone. Like Adisa King was here a couple years ago. Tom Yecky, uh, Graham White was our was our punter back in the day. Graham's uh, was the third uh, battalion, third range of battalion commander uh, last year. Uh, wow. So I, I get to see all those guys when they come through here. So it's been pretty neat. Yeah, I mean, it's every year you've got Army football players at CGSC. So anybody, I'll, I'll definitely remember, Clay. I'll reach out. I'll get your uh, your info after this. Absolutely. But, man. Yeah, man, that's awesome that you have your little Army-Navy tradition. It's it's important to have. Uh, it's, it's a big deal. So um, that's awesome. And glad that you get to watch it with a brother because it's always more fun when, you know, you win in win in numbers. So. <laughs> yeah, more yeah. more people really care and know what it means. You know. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we'll like, be, go, go ahead, Steph. 
No, you, I was just going to say I'm going to be at the game and we're, Black Eyed Nation is going to have it covered with, like, you know, coverage. Uh, hopefully get some pregame stuff. I want to hit some tailgates, maybe get some interviews with former players, maybe put something together about what the Army game means to them. Um, so it should be – I'm looking forward to it. You know, it's going to be a good game. I think it's going to be similar to last year's game, and we'll see if uh, – hopefully the Black Knights will pull out of the game in the fourth quarter, you know, and, and, and get that dub. So um, what were you going to – sorry to interrupt, Steve. I just was going to um, ask Clay, you know, what what was – you know, as he progressed and became an Army officer, what, what was your – what was your branch? How long did you serve? And, and what was the – you know, everyone – you know, we were always told the best thing you'll learn about leadership to become a, a combat arms officer is – army football and i don't know if you felt that way but you know just kind of tell us you know that kind of part of your your history and um you know what yeah you, you brought, what you brought with you from army football well so so i did my research on you steve and, and you're an infantry officer so hell yeah man um when i so when i was going through field artillery was like the big the big branch they call the football alumni um, football association too yep. yeah and a, a gentleman named Chuck Schretzman um, oh, man. was, uh, you know, one of my mentors. And, uh, you know, Colonel Schretzman was a uh, infantry officer. And then I had two other, uh, actually three other folks that really mentored me. And I was, you know, I was leaning F.A. And then uh, Graham White, uh, for sure. Uh, Matt Work. Matt is Pat Work's uh, little brother. Um he was he was a good friend of mine, and he he helped convince me to go infantry. Um, and then Craig Stucker and uh, Chris Wilkinson, uh, Chris Big Daddy Wilkinson, those are the guys that convinced me to go infantry. So I branched infantry. Um, I stayed I stayed uh, at at West Point for six months. I was a GA for for six months, and then went down to Fort Benning, went through uh, airborne school or infantry officer base school, airborne school. Um, and then Ranger School, and, and I graduated Ranger School uh, with Tom Gecky, um, with Adisa uh, King, and with uh, let's see, Nate. Nate was a class behind me. Nate recycled. <laughs> but, hey, uh, hey, real hey, Rangers recycle. Okay. Okay. Real okay. Rangers. I, I totally agree with you. It's tougher to recycle, <laughs> no doubt about it. Um, but graduated uh, September fourteenth, two thousand one. So three days after nine eleven. Uh, wow. In fact, I was I was in uh, Florida phase uh, when 9-11 happened. And Jeez. I remember um, we were supposed to jump back into Fort Benning, and that jump was canceled. And we rode on a bus back to Fort Benning, and I rode – I sat next to Tom Gecky the whole way. And I, my mom had sent me some peanut butter, and we Tom and I ate the peanut butter with our fingers um, the whole way back on the bus. I think we put down that whole jar of peanut butter. Um, and then, yeah, so, so then I reported my unit, I was with the 101st airborne division. Uh, so would have been, uh, gosh, you know, September of 2011 or 2001 is when I went there and, uh, I got introduced when we, we had one little deployment to, to Jordan. Uh, my roommates, uh, we went to there in the Rakasans. I was in first three to seven. I see you got one eight, seven back there. Is that Steve? Uh, th yeah, I got the iron Rakasans three, one, eight, seven. Okay, so I was in I was in first of three two seven, Bastogne Brigade, and uh, we ended up deploying to. Uh, so we did not deploy to Afghanistan, but we deployed to Iraq in two thousand three. So I was there for a year, 
Um, I was a rifle platoon leader, company executive officer. And then when I came back, I went right to, uh, to SF selection and then I was selected. Uh, so then went to, uh, back to the captain's career course, which at the time, the special forces officers, they go to the, the captain's career course of the branch that they're assigned to previously. So I went to back to Benning, uh, spent some time there, then went to Fort Bragg, uh, for the Q course and then got out of the Q course would have been, uh, early 2006. And then went to Fort Carson, Colorado, and I was with 10 Special Forces Group. I'm out uh, here now, Clay. Say, what's that? I'm out here now. Have you ever done the Manitou Incline, Steve? Yeah, I did that like four days after moving here, Clay. Not <laughs> a smart idea. I got my fa- favorite workout of all time, right oh, there. Oh man, I got. So, I was not physically prepared for that four days into Colorado. You know, it was. Everyone always talks about the altitude. And I was like, it's fine. I'll be fine. <laughs> I got smashed by yeah. that. I think it's like 2,000 feet you climb. That's I forget what the act- yeah, yeah, I forget what the actual number is. But my buddy was like, let's go do the incline. I'm like, oh, yeah, let's do it. Um, <laughs> and he smoked me. I just, I was like, hey, man, I'm not, I gotta, I gotta slow down. I think I'm gonna die. So that's um, awesome. Yeah. That's, that's Yeah. I'm out here now, man. It's a great post. And um, that's funny how, you know, I did it as a company commander and now as a senior captain, almost major, but it's uh those are two good brand, two good uh, posts to be at. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. So Clay, you did three deployments or now? Yeah. So I did, uh, I did three deployments to Iraq. One, one is an infantry officer, two is a, um, as an A team leader uh, in special forces. Um, also had a deployment to uh, Republic of Georgia, which was pretty cool. Um, we call them a joint combined exchange training. Uh, it was a JSET. So that was about uh, two and a half months. Um, so yeah, it, it was a, um, outstanding, outstanding experience. Uh, great, great unit, great people, you know, di- a different brotherhood with, with my teammates, my, my special force team, but like, uh, you know, very tight and getting back to what you said, Steve, I think, I think being an army football player, really laid that foundation, uh, for all that, no doubt about it. Um, it was, you know, you, you, you're part of a, uh, of a, of a, of a team atmosphere, your entire cadet career, you graduate, and then you roll right into being, have an opportunity to lead teams, whether it's a platoon, a company, um, an SF team, and you really bring the same mentality, the same brotherhood mentality to that. Uh, people see that you, that you lead by example, uh, you know, good leaders, you know, they, they take the trash out too. They're not the ones that just sit around and watch other people take the trash out because they're an officer. They're right there up there with, with their teammates doing that as well. Um, so I think, um, I think those experiences, army football players, absolutely, you know, I wouldn't have been nearly as, as good of a leader if, if I didn't have that experience. Yeah. It's, um, you know, I used to talk about this with Colonel King, um, Adisa and, um, and Colonel Rot, both both majors at the time, but now you know both full birds is, you know I don't know if you ever experienced this, Clay, but as you progress in rank or even as a lieutenant, did you ever work for an Army football player, or did you ever have an Army football player work for you? Just I, I got to be peers with Matt Work, which was great because we would compete against each other as peer platoon leaders, um, so we just brought the whole team up as we did that. Yeah. I never got a chance to work for, for an army football player. Um, but I can only imagine like getting a chance to work for someone that wore the, the black and gold helmet. I'll never forget 
what those two told me is like, you're not like, if you think you're coming to work for me and it's going to be easier than working for someone else, you're <laughs> it's the exact opposite. I'm going to work you harder because I know what's in here. I know what you're capable of. And I used to tell guys all the time when I was like, especially when I was, you know, about to be a company commander and I'd have football players or young lieutenants. Oh, you know, Hey, sir, like I'm going to request to come to your unit. Is there anything? I was like, just know you come work for me. You're going to put everything into this. And you, look, you'll love working for me. Trust me. But don't come here thinking you're going to, you know, it's going to be easier. It's going to be harder, but you'll be a better officer, person, mentor to your next guy. Um, you know, dude, I'll never forget when, you know, Major Rogers and, and Major King at the time talked to me about that. And it just kind of, that was one of those things that's, you know, that stayed with me my entire career. And it still stays with me, you know, as I, as I continue to see peers or, or young lieutenants or, or guys that I, you know, as a company commander now want to come to Carson and, and you know, want to work or, or work in the same organization. I just tell them, I'm like, you know, you're going to work harder. The expectation is that much higher because I know what you're capable of. And it was just something that I'll never forget. Those two told me, um, I think, know. I think, I think Adisa King learned that from Matt work. Cause he got to go work for, yep. uh, at the time, Colonel work and would have been major King. And now, yep. now uh, Matt works a brigadier general. So, yeah. so Colonel, so they, uh, you know, Colonel work was iron six, right? Three, one, eight, sevens battalion commander. Um, and Colonel King was his, his, um, operations officer before moving up to to brigade so That's that awesome. i cannot imagine the hhc commander having to come in there and just be like working with those two like all right i better be on my game because they are gonna smell everything yeah i think uh one of the leadership traits of, of adisa king is he he is probably one of the best uh, team builders that I've ever been around, like to build people up around him and build that team, that camaraderie um, and that just passion to go accomplish whatever mission it is in front of him. That's just a, a unique skill set that Adisa King has that uh, not too many people have that. Yeah. I mean, I remember when he started and I still, I still try to do it now as he started the um, essentially an army football uh, email chain at Fort Campbell when we were stationed there together. And every set, every quarter, he's like, hey, you know, and he was lieutenant colonel and all of us were younger. So, of course, when he said, you know, it's time for lunch, <laughs> let's link up. Let's talk about what's going on in our lives, what we're committing ourselves to, um, that kind of stuff. I mean, it's just like, man, what a great idea. Like what? And that's you're right, man. I, Clay, he's he just such a um, team builder and um, very fortunate to have him as a mentor in, in my life. So Steve, you're uh, you're how many how many years in now? Well, I include, you know prep school here, right? So yep. that year counts. Uh, so I hit twelve years active, oh, wow. uh, December twenty eighth of this year, um, and should be heading to CGSC uh, next year. Man, that's great. Um, Good for you. So, um, so you're gonna, yeah. you're going to hit twenty then? Yeah, I mean it's you know I'm doing okay. I enjoy it. I love it. So. Um, as long as the army doesn't 
tell me thank me you know thank me for my service i'll continue to do it until um you know they do thank me for my service so <laughs> i love being an infantry uh officer so it's uh um it's it's good and i, I clay I'm, I'm so glad now that i know you live in kansas city because we'll 100 percent link up um once i make it out that way yeah, absolutely man that's that's pretty cool we'd love to love to connect with you awesome just wanted to wrap this up uh talking about something that clay that you recently did uh when you did uh something that you did to uh, benefit um awareness for the homeless you did a 20 mile run with 50 pound backpack on just on veterans day right uh recently just can you, can you talk about that and and how you came up with the idea and just what, what that detail yeah so I, I joined joined a board for a homeless shelter here in kansas city about three years ago the the homeless shelter is called restart uh very good you know uh nonprofit that has a mission to end homelessness in Kansas City, which is pretty pretty cool. So when I joined the board, you know, uh, organizations like that are always trying to raise money. So I started thinking about, you know, hey, how can I raise money? So I decided just to post on LinkedIn. It was actually like Thanksgiving a couple of years back where I was going to do a road march with, you know, a rucksack. And Steve, you know the standard, like the, the, standard, the 35 pounds plus food and water. And I was like, nah, I'm, you know, SF was was 50 pounds plus food and water. In fact, maybe it was 55. I, I forgot it was during selection. So I decided to do that a couple of years ago and did 20 miles to raise money. And then, uh, you know, I've done it the past three years. So so last year I did it. It was the 40th anniversary for Restart. So I did 40 pounds or 40 pounds and 40 miles last year. And that was rough. Uh, 40 miles was pretty rough. So this year I scaled it back to 20, uh, 50 pounds plus food and water, uh, rain, rain or shine, you know, and, and, and did a little road march. And I think we raised about 20, 23, $24,000 this year for them. So, um, but yeah, I mean, that, that just goes back to, uh, you know, service and, you know, when you play army football, when you serve in the military, you know, in special forces, our, our slogan is day oppresso Lee bear, which means free the oppressed. So whenever you have an opportunity to, to continue to serve uh, for people that are uh, less fortunate and you have a chance to, to get back a little bit, that was just a, a chance for me to do that. So. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, we didn't. Oh, oh, go ahead, Steve. No, I was just going to, I was just say it's awesome. It's like, you know, I'll never forget when, uh, Mike Vitti was doing his walk across America for Legacies Alive, and I actually got to pitch that to Mike Boss as, hey, sir, Mike's got about 12 miles from Fort Stewart to about Tybee Island where he wants to touch the Atlantic Ocean. I'd like to, you know, brief my platoon on his mission, and I'd like to join, you know, this this final 12 miles and use that for our 12-mile, um, you know, and, and, just, and just try to, you know, not just raise awareness, but like, let's let's remember why we serve gentlemen let's remember who's come before us uh type of deal that's awesome man so you actually linked up with him and, and yeah uh, linked up with mike i found out where he was gonna be at a certain time and i met my platoon there waiting and we linked in and we talked to him yeah. and mark fadowski um on their way to you know touching the atlantic ocean you know from the pacific ocean and uh brief my guys on of course the battalion commander loved it he was like send the whole company like Tell your company commander, I want this. <laughs> you know what I mean? He loved it. Um, but I remember on that walk, Clay, you know, Mike had just gotten out. And Mike 
had talked to me about service isn't up when you take off the uniform. Okay. There's so many ways to serve at so many capacities, whether that's your community or cause or both, or you, that is something that will be with you because of what kind of person that you were developed at what time in your life. Um, and he's telling me this and, and that's when I started getting active and, and creating, you know, physical fitness programs for kids in my neighborhood, um, like just Saturday mornings, right. Just go out there and do that. And that just starting small. And then you, you know, like you do clay, I mean, you just did something that raised $24,000 for a cause that you care about. Um, and you raise awareness and you see as long as people, once people start knowing they care about these things and, you know, you obviously are, um, you know, you're a motivating guy. Like people want, you know, people are going to want to join your cause um, and using that platform and doing something crazy, like 40 pounds for 40 miles. It's like, how do you not like, yeah, I'm going to give this guy 10 bucks for that. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like good for him. Like he's going to do it. Not yeah. me, but it's uh you know, it goes back to, you know, the slogan that you live by as an SF, SF officer and and just continue service even without the uniform is is what's special about um, kind of the, the leaders they develop at the academy. Absolutely, man. And and all that's bred from, you know, it also for me, it all started when Bill Sheridan walked into my my high school, you know, yeah. back in 1994, 95, whenever that was. And. Um, I owe it to him for giving me the opportunity to go to go to West Point and it's where it all started, you know, and damn proud to be an Army football player and have a chance to to serve and continue to do so. It's awesome. All yeah, all comes full circle. We really appreciate your time tonight, Clay. There's there's a lot that we didn't get into about about Clay Daniels, about his boxing prowess at West Point, about his brother Kurt playing after him right at West Point. So, I yep, mean, right. we'd we love to have you on down the road and maybe talk more. This has been great uh, really hearing your stories and hearing everything that – how the Army Football Brotherhood kind of – just the involvement in the Army Football Brotherhood in your life and just the connections that were made. And now here's another connection with you and Steve, so we really appreciate that. And, Steve, um, you know, Mike Vitti's, uh walk across the country ended up at the Army-Navy game, right? So – um. The Army Navy game Saturday in, in Philadelphia, Lincoln Financial Field. I think the best venue for <laughs> Steve. Steve, with all due respect for uh, Baltimore, I think Lincoln Financial Field is the best venue for the Army Navy game. In, in my in my opinion, I, I've covered many Army Navy games there. Can't wait to cover another one on Saturday. Um, you know, Black Knights, Midshipmen. Um, we know who wins the march on. We know who won the uniform battle. Now let's see who let's see who wins the game on uh, Saturday, and let's see if the Black Knights can get to six and six. This is their bowl game. This is Army's bowl game on Saturday. So you know, I I think that's enough. Navy's your opponent. You know, you want to send these seniors out, and um, he, he, there's nothing more motivating than this game. And we know how great this game is. You guys have played in this game. We know how great the game is, and we look forward to covering it. And uh, Clay, thanks again for coming on. We really appreciate it. And uh, guys, if you wanna to hear more of these interviews check out our black Knight nation youtube channel we have a decent king. we have an interview with a decent king on our black Knight nation youtube channel see we did that uh earlier this year so guys check that out check out blacknightnation.com has some stories gonna have some stories this week recruiting stories keep you up to date on recruiting check out our instagram uh uh account and also our um twitter account we appreciate you guys watching us tonight and look forward to uh 
seeing you down uh, this week with uh, possibly a preview for the Army-Navy game and definitely a review of the game um, over the weekend. Thanks a lot, Clay. Thanks for coming on tonight. Steve, always a pleasure. Thanks, guys. Really appreciate it. Clay, appreciate beat him. That's right. Beat him, man. We'll see you.